Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we are joined by rising super senior on the NC State gymnastics team, Chloe Negretti. Chloe is kind of a hidden gem in the NCAA because she's not from a top 10 team, but she's super consistent and can bring in scores of 9-9 plus on three events. So she's kind of that girl that everyone fights over when you're playing fantasy gymnastics, and she's definitely worth it. In this interview, we talk about how she got recruited to NC State, advancing from the play-in round, which her team shouldn't have even have been in in 2021, and they girl-bossed their way all the way to the regional finals, coming back from an Achilles injury to have her best season yet as a senior, and so much more. So stick around. So how's your summer going? Do you got anything fun or exciting going on? Oh, it, there's been bits and pieces of like, I've been super, super busy. And then there's other times where I'm just doing nothing at all. And so this past week has just been I'm more of the busy, more of like the busy type because I've been working camps mm-hmm. and I'm packing up because I'm about to move apartments. My birthday's coming up soon. So there's a lot of like craziness kind yeah. of happening. Did you go home at all or did you just stay at school all summer? I stayed at school all summer and my mom, my mom understood. She was like, I wish you were here this summer, but she's like, I totally get it. Like your friends are here. Like you have your own life here. Like I totally get it. Yeah. You're a busy girl. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little busy. <laughs> no, I know you're, you're going for your master's. Are you taking classes at all over the summer or do you do that? Like once the fall semester starts? Not this summer, which I'm super excited about because this is the first summer I've had since coming to college where I haven't had any summer classes. Nice. You get to like fully enjoy your summer. Yes. It has been so nice and I don't start classes till the fall, but I'm also one of those people who like constantly needs to be doing something because I'll get ridiculously bored and I feel like I need to be productive. I need to be doing something. That's me. I relate to that so hard. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your master's going to be in? So it's a pretty long title, but it's parks, recreation, tourism, and sport management. Okay. That's a new one we haven't heard before. Yeah. No, I'm very excited for that. I've heard really good things about the program, getting a couple grad certificates as well. Okay. So is that a one-year program or or two years? It's a two-year program. And I've heard really good things. You only, they only allow like one, you take two seven-week classes per semester. And that's like your master's and you do that for two years, including like two classes during the summer. Mm -hmm. And then you're all kind of, you're all good. But because of like NCAA, like eligibility rules, you have to take nine to be eligible. So I have to take a couple of uh, grad certificates to stay eligible. Gotcha. School makes everything so much more confusing. If only you could just go for gymnastics. Because I was so excited. I was like, this is great. Six credits. I'm living like it's not going to be as bad. And I was talking to my academic coordinator and she's like, uh, you still need three more credits. I was like, I do. I was like, right. oh man. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go back, I guess, to the very beginning um, and, and talk about how you got started in gymnastics. So what's, what's the story with you? How did you get the gymnastics bug? Yeah. So it was kind of an accident. I started when I was three and my best friend at the time, she did gymnastics and I just kind of wanted to do whatever she was doing because whatever she was doing was like the cool thing. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, well now I got to do gymnastics and long story short, that's how I kind of got started. And then it just kind of stuck from then. I mean, she's still in it too. And it's been great to kind of watch us. Yeah. To this point. So I know you trained at WOGA, right? Did you yeah. start out your career at WOGA or did you like move there at some point later? So my gym before that was like a ba- like about a 10 minute drive from where WOGA was. And they were both about like a 10 minute drive from where my house was. 
So I was in great proximity to it. It all just kind of like worked out that I just happened to be there when like the Frisco location was sort of new and established. And Uh that's, that's kind of where I stayed from. Oh man. Like at least like a decade. I was there for at least like a decade. Oh, wow. So now did you train with like the elite gymnasts there or like what was your training group situation at Wolgai? We were in a group of like half level 10s and then half elite and some of them went to elite and then came back to 10 and some of them um, just stayed in 10. I was one of those people who just stayed in 10 and they would have slightly different hours because it was more demanding and they had those elite competitions but overall we tried to keep each other like in the same group and it's great because a lot of my group and a lot of my team has stayed in gymnastics and they're um, doing college at other universities so it's just so fun to like watch them compete and like kind of see like how how people grow and it's awesome yeah so who did all you train with as far as like the some of the bigger name ones because i always get mixed up like who trained in frisco and who trained at the plano location but i think luisa blanco was in frisco the blakely sisters who all did you train with yes so i trained with the uh i trained with uh the blakely sisters i trained with sloan and sky and it's awesome to keep watching sky like i love turning on the competitions and like see like how she's progressing because it's awesome and then I trained with Sloan awesome love to watch all the Florida meets I trained with Luisa Luisa Blanco who is at Bama I trained with Audrey Davis who is at Oklahoma and I trained with Genesis Gibson who is at Nebraska and then my coach actually my bars and vault coach is actually the bar like the bar coach for Georgia currently okay Okay. well it's quite the group you had (laughs) I know I it's such an amazing group of people to be around (laughs) yeah so were you coached by Evgeny Marchenko at all I was coached for a little bit by him but I was coached mostly by my coaches were Tatiana and Ryan and those were kind of like my two main people and so once we all kind of went to college, um, Tatiana retired, and then a couple years before I went to college, Ryan went to go coach at Alabama. That That's kind of like the gist of it. I know he coached for a little bit, but mm. I wasn't like his main group. Okay. Well, because I was going to ask you if Evgeny like, had any stories about Carly Patterson, but if you didn't train with him that much, he probably didn't get to share too many stories <laughs> with you. <laughs> I mean, I, she, he always told us that, like, she was, like, very focused. Like, her work ethic was kind of the thing that stuck out for her the most. It's fun just to hear him, like, reminisce, like, back on the time. Because I'm sure it was, like, something crazy. Like, it, it's once in a lifetime. And it's crazy to just hear those stories from him. Even if it's just, like, the really simple, like, behind-the-scenes stories. Or just something about her, like, personality or work ethic. It's just, mm-hmm. it's fun to see. And it's inspiring to kind of hear when you're like young and you're trying to get to that high level of gymnastics. No, for sure. Did you have any like elite aspirations yourself? I I had a little bit. I was like super, I was like a super huge gymnastics fan when I was younger and I still am, but I was like, I watched videos like on repeat, the same floor routines, the same beam routines. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And for a while I was like, it's, it's possible. There's this thing though, like for elite, it's like this qualification and there's these kind of like basic routines that you got to do, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't qualify on bars. (laughs) The skill level for elite is just like, and a lot of the skills you do now are considered elite level skills, but I feel like the elite stuff, like with the code, it's just a whole other beast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, I wasn't, bars is not my strong suit. And (laughs) I remember uh, the thing that like took me out where I just, I couldn't do it was a front giant. And Ryan was like, you need to have a front giant to be able to like do the routine. And I was like, I can't do it. And (laughs) that's it for me then. (laughs) I was like, I can't, I've had six, like six coaches try to teach me a front giant and I can't do a front giant. Is it an issue with like shoulder flexibility or is it just, is it something else? It's a lot of like flexibility and mobility and then like just grip strength as well. Like I have, my teammates make fun of this all the time, but 
I have like, not, not the largest hands. Like I have pretty small hands for my body. They're not very proportional. So it's harder for me to like grab or like grip over the entire bar. And then as like gymnastics went on, like I just had like so many injuries, which I mean, comes with the sport, but I've had a ridiculous amount of upper body injuries, which kind of like limited my mobility even further. Mm -hmm. So I can't like even like turn my palms like facing upwards. Okay. We noticed that you in college, at least as far as we've seen, you've not competed bars. So we weren't sure if like you were retired on bars. Do you still train bars in college? I do not. And I can't say that I'm like really upset about it. (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm good the way it is. I'm like, I will, I will. I'll take it. I'll, I'll try to make it through it. Like it might be hard, but I'll make it through it. But no, I was, I was kind of glad I stopped because it was kind of painful just going back to like my arm injuries. It was kind of painful. Yeah. And you know, they were kind of like, well, if we can save your arms by taking out this one event so you can be a hundred percent on the other ones, like that's what we're going to do. Right. And that's something I really appreciated. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. Like, let's try to get as best as I can on those three events instead of kind of killing myself to get on all four events. Yeah, probably not worth the risk. Probably not worth the risk, not worth the pain, but I stopped it uh, a little after my, a little after my first semester of college. Okay. What about your recruiting journey? I'm curious about that. Was that a fun process for you? Stressful? I guess kind of walk us through the emotions and then how you got to NC State. I was ridiculously stressed like that was one of the most stressful times like being like 17 I've never been like I've never known stress until that recruiting process but it's a little different than it was like now because now you have to be like a certain age like for rules to be able to like commit and to talk to coaches back then you could be a little bit younger Mm -hmm. but I had so many like club injuries that I wasn't able to really put a full season on the board until my last uh, level 10 season, which was in 2019. All the other seasons, I did like one, maybe two or three meets. Yeah. And it was it was kind of hard to get colleges interested when you aren't really putting up scores. But uh, WOGA actually hosts a college bound for region three. I think it's just region three. And all the coaches of colleges like come to scout and it's this big, huge thing. And this is a funny story. I don't think I've told a lot of people, but our coach right now, coach Phil came to watch that college bound that I was practicing at. And I saw like the big S on his shirt. And my first thought was, Oh my gosh, like, I think this is Stanford. That's pretty cool. And so like, I went like, full out in front of him like I did all my stuff like as hard as I could like I throw it all my big I threw all my big tricks and I was like this is great and I told my mom afterwards I was like mom you're not gonna believe who was there Stanford was here and she goes Stanford wasn't at this college bound and I was like I was like what do you mean Stanford I was like I saw the big S and she's like I saw it with my own eyes she's like that's not Stanford she's like that's NC State and I was like oh I was like, they, they look pretty similar. <laughs> it kind of so, does. I told this story to Phil a while back and he just kind of laughed. And I mean, I guess it was like the best, it was the best like mistake or like coincidence like ever because it worked out. Like this was one of the only colleges I visited. It was one of those feelings where it was like, oh, like I'm meant to be here. Like you just have that feeling in your gut where you're like, this is where I'm supposed to end up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it couldn't have worked out any better, even if I originally thought like you were a different school, like this is exactly where I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So how would you say that like the transition period was from, you know, high school and club gymnastics to doing college gymnastics? Because you seem to adjust pretty well, at least in terms of your gymnastics, like you came in and like, I think you solidified yourself as like a solid competitor for the team was bringing in big scores as a freshman. So how would you say your transition was? Oh, thank you. Well, it was, it was a bigger leap than I thought it was going to be from eighth grade through 12th grade. I did online school mm-hmm. like only, and that was to kind of like maximize time in the gym. And I hadn't really gone to like 
any school where you had to like go to class and like do your homework and like come back the next day. Like I didn't do that since seventh grade. And so that was probably like the biggest jump I had in terms of like academics for like athletics. It's hard in college, but it's like a different type of hard than in club. So in club, you're kind of maximizing all your gymnastics. You're doing over double what the amount of hours you practice in NCAA. And so that's kind of like just trying to get your skills, trying to like throw the hardest things you can. In college, it's more about like maintaining what you have. It's learning to get enough sleep, eat properly, make sure you lift properly, make sure you train so you maximize quality over quantity. It's also different too, because in club, you only compete maybe like six meets per per season or per year, where in college, you're doing it every single week. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you got to learn to build that endurance and that stamina to be able to put up big scores each week. Yeah. And I mean, that that's kind of like the big transition and just time management overall. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough hours in the day to like, get all this done. But then yeah. over time, you develop a schedule. Well, it's especially hard if you're not used to like going to school, like you said, like going to class and like having that routine and then to suddenly have that routine in college. I'm sure that was really difficult. Was there somebody that you felt like, particularly during your freshman season, was there someone that was kind of like a mentor for you on the team? Yeah. So there was this one senior that I really grabbed onto and I loved her. Her name was Haley. And uh, she just kind of, I told her about all of these like issues and like these problems I was having and she just like completely validated them she was like you have a right to feel that way like college is stressful like I understand what you're going through because this happened to me and this also happened to me and so it was just nice to kind of connect with someone who had been through basically the entire like time of college and was able to like pass down like all that wisdom to me Mm -hmm. and like this is what you need to do or this could help you solve this problem and just little pieces of advice that not only I could carry to help me, but that I remembered that I could help incoming with. So that's been really nice. So now your freshman season was cut short because of COVID, which the entire world dealt with that. But I, you know, being a college student, a freshman, um, having your season cut short, how did that impact you? So I know that for me, like, I hadn't really experienced like the postseason like excitement and adrenaline. I know that everyone before me had. So they were like really, really like upset. And I felt especially bad like for the seniors who didn't get like that one last meet or two to kind of like cap off their career. For me, I was like, okay, like it's cut short. Like that's okay. I don't really know what this means. I don't know like how this affects us in the future. I remember being upset, but I wasn't like crazy bummed. I think if that were to happen at the middle or the end of my career, right. I would have been like like heartbroken, like shattered. Yeah. Cause at that point you have your entire career ahead of you. So you're just like, oh, like I get a couple extra weeks of summer. Yeah. Yeah. And then I heard like, oh, you get like the like extra eligibility year. I was like, oh, cool. Like yeah. Right. Like, I don't really know anything about that, but that's pretty cool. So now taking time off from gym, did you like that? Because some athletes that we've talked to said that they really liked having time to heal their bodies and their minds. And then some athletes were like going crazy, not being able to train. Where where do you fit in on that? It's it's a little bit of both. I like uh, training and it's one of those things where you kind of got to like keep up with the maintain all the skills you have. Um, I liked being able to just do less numbers and be able to go on like softer surfaces like that's been really nice especially for my body but I've noticed that it doesn't matter if I take time off or not my body still kind of hurts and it's funny because like I guess my wrist is kind of the one I'm thinking about right now like if I take time off my wrist hurts because I'm not moving it as much but as soon as I get back in the gym like my wrist hurts I'm moving it way too much yeah. Like my, <laughs> I was like, there's no like good ground. 
I can't win. <laughs> so I want to talk about regionals in 2021, your sophomore season. So your team was in the play-in rounds at regionals, made it all the way to regional finals. Also, in those three meets, happened to post the three highest scores of the entire season. And also, I forgot to mention, you're the only team in history that's ever made it from the play-in rounds to the finals. So shout out to you guys. But so from your perspective, um, how is the team able to not only survive like that three meet weekend, but then also to put up your three highest scores of the season, basically to have like your best gymnastics in that moment? How but it was, was the... like the most difficult. Yeah. yeah. How is the team I... able to do that? I don't know. I mean, as soon as you said like 2021 regionals, I like the first thing I could think of, I was like, that was epic. Like that was such a cool moment of my career. I'm never going to forget that. But I mean, I think a lot of us were going off the adrenaline. Like, like you said, we were the only team to do it. Not that like the odds weren't in our favor, but we weren't like projected to really go all the way. And so when we found out we got to the third day, I think that adrenaline just kind of like took over and we just kind of like let ourselves do it. Like it wasn't something we really had to think of. It was just something that our bodies knew how to do. We were like, okay, like let's just put the repeat switch on and let's just, let's just keep the ball rolling. And man, I props to everyone I, I was with on that team because we were just knocking routines out like that. And it was, they were amazing routines. And I remember, oh my gosh, the second day of competition, I finished up floor and apparently like we had already like saw we moved on but I didn't know that afterwards and I went to kind of like hug one of my teammates I went to hug um Emily and uh we had our like heads together and she was looking and she was looking at me and she was like we did it we did it we like freaking did it we made it and I was like I was like no way we actually did that's one of the most vivid memories I have of it and I, I just can't I just can't put into words like it was the coolest thing ever and to like not only that, but like to be the only team who's done that and to have our highest ranking in, oh my gosh, I think it was like 20 years. Yeah. Like that was incredible. Like it was a feeling I'm never going to forget. I remember watching you guys at that meet and then just being so invested in it. Like at that point, I was rooting for you guys to make it to the NCAA championships. Right. I'm like, they're on a roll. Like they're not back. Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> I so got fun. chills. I get chills watching that stuff back. Yeah. yeah. So the team ended up finishing, you just mentioned 15th. Did that give you guys motivation going into the next season to improve on that ranking? Oh yeah. I mean, we, once that kind of finished, we were on this kind of like high of like, we did it. Like this was the coolest thing in the world. Like we wanted to feel that feeling again. And I think that kind of lit a fire under all of us. And we were like, we want to get to that same place. We want to feel that again. And we really started to prioritize, like, just like the simple things. Like, we really wanted to prioritize, like, how we slept, how we fueled, um, how we hydrated, and just, like, working on the little details was something that we now focus on, like, all the time. Because, frankly, that could be the make, like, the make it or break it moment is just, like, the little details. Like, it could be a stick. It could be a flex foot. It could be, like, bent knees. So, like, we really prioritize that. And you know, we really just want to get to that point and to, you know, feel that again, because it was such an incredible moment. Going back to the play-in rounds real quick, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on that. Do you like it? Is that something that you guys embrace having to potentially having to compete three times? Is that something that you guys just accept at that point? Or do you not like it? Do you wish you could change that? I, I wouldn't change it at all. Like, I think it was meant to happen for a reason. And if it didn't happen, we wouldn't have this incredible story to tell. Mm -hmm. Right. But I do remember that everyone I was talking to said we were projected to make it to round two and skip the play in round. Mm -hmm. And I remember we got put in the play in round over someone we were ranked higher than. And I remember just the whole room being silent and like you could hear a pin drop and Kim was like our coach was like okay like it's okay like we have prepared for this like we are gonna take this with grace and we are going to roll with it there's nothing we can do to change it we're just gonna prepare the best we can and you know whatever happens happens and so it's not the most fun feeling I'd rather just be in round two and just like 
whew, because right. like, I don't, I don't want to make it into round one and then something happens and we don't make it into round two. Like that's right. just perfect. And correct me if I'm wrong, but at least as far as like in your career goes, you guys have been in the playing rounds every single year. Like since the playing rounds have been a thing, you guys have started in the playing rounds, right? I want to say all of them, but one. Okay. Well, I don't know. The 2022 regionals is a little fuzzy. I like, I didn't, I didn't compete in that one. I don't really know if we immediately rated to round two mm-hmm. or if we did the playing round, but that's the only one I'm unsure about. The other ones we did the playing round. Okay. I was looking it up, but I, I believe you guys were in the playing rounds, but you guys are like the playing round queens. And then you always advance. The advance. That's the thing. Like you're not meant for the playing rounds. You start there, but then you move on because you're just that good. <laughs> I appreciate that. (laughs) So you mentioned not competing in 2022. That was your junior year. Um, You tore your Achilles. So can you walk us through like the timeline of what happened? From my my memory, you injured yourself like right before season, right? Like we saw videos of you in training and then it's like you just disappeared and we were all sad. (laughs) So it was, yeah, I remember it exactly. It was January 7th of 2022 and we were actually supposed to go to UNC for a meet, but that didn't end up happening. So we had practice instead. And I remember I was like feeling something in the back of my Achilles, but like being a gymnast and being from someone who was very like strict and regimented in my training, I was like, oh, something hurts. Like, doesn't matter. Doesn't affect me. Like my body always hurts. Like right. it, it can't be anything like serious. And I, oh man, I remember it was such a bummer. I had a really good bean day and then I went running straight to floor and we were doing floor warm-ups to do a floor routine. And on my second double back, like right for my second double back, I was talking to one of my teammates and I was like, yeah, my Achilles just feels like really weird today. Like something about it just feels off. Like maybe I should have stretched it more. And then that double back, it just like, that was it. And I was like, I was like, infamous last words like yeah I can't believe I did that to myself <laughs> so you knew like instantly that it was your Achilles like you knew yeah so like no one told me but it, it's that type of feeling where you know you did something like so like like bad that no one needs to tell you yeah. it just happens and you're devastated because you're like do you know what you did and I'm like no one needs to tell me what I did, but I, I can assure you, I, I think I know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy that you could tell before you went to, like you could feel it yeah. kind of that something was, was wrong. Weird because everyone always says like when your Achilles ruptures, it feels like someone like smacked the back of your legs really hard, which that's what I thought happened. Like I thought like I kind of had like too much power on the punch because the punch is when it actually snapped. So when I was doing my double, it was already like ruptured. So when it snapped and I punched, I thought like I punched the mat up off the floor and it smacked me in the back of the legs. And I was like, that's really weird. And it wasn't until like I landed that I was like, oh, like the pain setting in, like, here we go. Yeah, that's crazy. So how do you come back from an injury like that? maybe it's just because I'm not an athlete but like I feel like if that happened to me I would be so afraid to even like do floor again like how do you overcome that fear and not be afraid to tumble again after that happens yeah I mean I've had like not injuries as severe as that before I've had a pretty bad arm injury back in like 2015 um when I was messing around on a trampoline and I had the same mindset as that and for this injury where it was like it wasn't really something where I was like oh should I continue or not it's like okay like this happened like it's a bump in the road now I just gotta keep going I may have to adjust my my training I may have to adjust my timeline but it doesn't change like it doesn't change what I'm going to do with my career it doesn't change you know how I'm going to view it but It was definitely hard to trust my Achilles when I first got back because this was the only like real like leg injury I've ever had aside from like just ankle sprains. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to trust it. Like it feels different. I I don't know if I can ever like fully like 
put weight back on. I'm scared I'm going to compensate. I'm scared I'm going to do it again. It was a lot of just, I guess, mental resiliency that like had me like go through it because I knew that I wanted to do floor again. That was like completely like not like out of the question. I was like, I'm going to do floor again. I'm going to be as good as I was before this happened. And I remember I told myself that like immediately after it happened, I was like, this is, this means nothing. It may be different, maybe different schedule, but I'm going to stick to my goals. I want to be exactly where I was at. I want to be able to compete everything. Like I just wanted to, you know, be there for my team, make my team proud, make my coaches proud and like make myself and like my family proud. Like I didn't want to, you know, let this kind of define me. And I know that in not only gymnastics, but a lot of sports, like a Achilles rupture is seen as like career ending. And I was like, I don't want that to be like the end of my story. I was like, we're just going to keep going. We're going to truck through. It may be scary. It may like cause me to get anxious. I may be sad at times. It may be scourging, but the goal was always the same. And I'm just going to keep pushing through it, even the hard days. Well, you came back stronger than ever because your senior year, I don't know if you feel this way, but it, it seemed like it was your best season yet. Your Eagle co-champion on floor, you got career highs on beam 995 and floor 9975. So what did that mean to you to come back and have such a phenomenal season after that injury? It was, it's weird to still think about because I was like, there's no way I should be at the level I'm at considering like I just had this reconstructive surgery last year I was like it shouldn't have been like I'm like back at the same level like I told myself I was like I'm gonna be back at the same level but like I don't know how much I fully believe that and then like watching myself go through the season I was like oh my gosh like like I did it and when I saw those scores like it literally just meant like the world to me I was like there it just meant everything like was worth something everything meant something it made all those like really, really hard days worth it. And it made the days where I was sad, where I wasn't competing in that 2022 season worth it. It was just kind of like beautiful to kind of just like go through as like heartbreaking that as it was that it happened. Like I think it was meant to happen for a reason. And I'm not only a better athlete because of it, but I'm a better person. And I think I had to, you know, go through this to kind of see that. And it's been awesome to go through and I go through it again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Well, and you're still going. So you're in your super, super senior fifth year now. When did you know that you were going to come back for a fifth year? So I knew this was in March of 2022. And I think this was still when I was in the boot. And I was like, just starting to walk on it with the boot. And I remember we have these end of year meetings with the coaches individually. And I remember walking in and she was like, oh, like, how, how'd you feel this season? And I told her and she's like, what are your goals? And I was like, these are my goals. And she was kind of just like, well, we'd love to, you know, have you back for like a fifth year. Like, is that something you'd like to, you'd like to do? And I was like, I would love to do that. It's just very hard, like financially to be able to do that and to live out of state. And she was like, well, what, like, what if we told you that like we could help with that and we'd be able to offer you for a fifth year. And I was like, I would take it in a heartbeat. And she was like, well, then would you like to, would you like to be back for a fifth year after your senior? I was like, yes. Like I, I couldn't believe it. And I think that mostly came from still being injured and still being in the boot. Like they didn't know how I was going to be next season. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how well I was going to come back. I hadn't competed the season before. So they kind of took a gamble. And I really appreciate that because that's kind of how being recruited for college went. Like they were, NC State was one of the only, I think, I think three colleges to maybe offer me. So I didn't get a whole lot of offers. And they kind of took a gamble on me because I hadn't put up any scores and I had already committed before I put up a full season. So my mom always brings it up to me. She was like, no, like you, you were a gamble and they took it and you ran with it and you, you made it all worth it. Like you were great. She was like, it was like a diamond in the rough moment. Like I love watching that. And I was like, yeah, like this feels, it feels pretty surreal. 
it's even more incredible knowing everything that you've accomplished and, and you still have a season left. So the things that you will accomplish, knowing that, like you said, they kind of like took a chance on you, not really knowing like what kind of scores you'd be able to put up for them. And to see you going out there and putting up scores nine, nine plus, you are like so consistent. Looking at road to nationals, like you hardly go below nine, eight, five every time you compete on any event. Like it, you're like nine, eight, five or higher every time. You're the one that for fantasy gymnastics, I don't know if you're aware of fantasy gymnastics, but everybody <laughs> wants you on their team because you're just so consistent and so good <laughs> so it's also really cool to like hear you say that like when you were recruiting you only got three offers you're that person that like I'm sure now a lot of teams would love to have you on their team because you're just so consistent and so good <laughs> so I'm sure there's a bunch of coaches out there that are mad if they didn't consider you <laughs> oh thank you that means the world to me I know that like for me I like pre like my coach like preached consistency to me and that's something I still kind of carry with myself like as one of my foundations for gymnastics, I was like consistency above everything. Like mm -hmm. I want to be someone that people can depend on and they have no doubts in their mind. And when people come up to me or some of my teammates come up to me and they're like, I'm not worried when you go up on the vent. Like I'm, I could just, I could just relax, have fun. I could sing to the music. I don't care. Like I, I know you're going to be fine. I know you're going to, I know you got us. Like I don't have to be worried. And that makes me feel really good that, you know, other people are able to see that. Yeah. Do you and have that confidence in yourself? Oh, so <laughs> not really. <laughs> Take that as a no based off your face. No, no, I, oh my gosh, <laughs> I am so nervous and I, I never, everyone's always like, have confidence in yourself. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I don't know why. And they're like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just don't for I can't even tell you why but just I, I don't know yeah well, I, you should you should know I, I mean come on the, the results speak for themselves right you can't deny the results you can't <laughs> deny the record of consistency <laughs> yeah I'm my own worst critic and my own harshest critic so that's fair I I will nitpick things until there's nothing left left to nitpick and people are like well it's so good like you should have confidence and I was like yeah, I know, but this could have been better. And I didn't do that. And I did that in practice last week, but I didn't do this in the meet and just, yeah, ugh. I know. I feel bad preaching to you about confidence when I'm over here. Like people tell me I should have confidence and I don't. So <laughs> it's hard. Confidence I, is hard to have. <laughs> let's, let's just all make a pack to get more confidence yes. because that's something people have been trying to get me to do since freshman year. And I've become a little more confident, but just not like the, the large amount of confidence that some of my other teammates have. Yeah. And I want that so bad. It's the worst part, but my nitpicking gets in the way of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, ladies, we're, we're being confident this year. That's right. the goal for all three of us mm -hmm. here. Confident queens. <laughs> yes. So now I'm going to skip down to a question that we actually had at the bottom, but I feel like it's applicable now because of your injury, you technically have another year of eligibility is that and it might be too soon for you to even know or you might not even want to answer that question so if you don't want to answer yeah. that's totally cool but is that something that you're like considering in the back of your head I mean it's always an option I think that you know as I'm getting older I kind of have to look to the future and be like okay what's going to be the best for my body what's going to be the best you know after the season like I don't know how I'm going to feel after the season right. but it's not something that I'd ever like count out so, I mean, it's always a possibility. And like, if my body's good enough, like, I, I don't see why I wouldn't. Well, cool. We're, we're excited about that possibility. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, okay. So goals for this season individually um, and as a team, if you can speak to that, what are some of the goals? So I, I know for the team, this is our first like season in the ACC and we are, oh my gosh, we're so hyped about it. And I think some of our big goals is, you know, winning the first ACC championship. I, that's a huge goal of ours. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be epic. And then another goal that we kind of talked about is we had a 197, we had a 197 and above on our last senior meet. And that was the, I want to say like the second highest team score in program history. And we talked about as a team, we were like, we want to be, that good we want to be able to post 197s on the board consistently so that's a huge goal and then also just having like a lot of value and a lot of people to do the event so we want variety and we want to have people 
to be able to switch in and out. So we just want a lot of people on events. And then, I, I mean, for me, like, it's just kind of like, I want to be, you know, consistent where I was at. I think my goals kind of change a little bit as I'm able to look back on the past season. But overall, I just want to stick to like my foundations of being consistent and being clean and basically just putting up the best scores I can for my team. And, you know, going and having fun is kind of one that I really need to prioritize. I think that I nitpick so much that I forget to kind of live in the moment a little bit. So I kind of want to be able to prioritize like having more fun, enjoying the moment, because I mean, once your career ends, like it's over and I want to be able to look back on it and say, you know what, I did celebrate this. I did celebrate the big wins. I celebrated the small wins and I celebrated stuff where I've had meets where, you know, not everything went right. I, I could still find stuff where I could celebrate about. You mentioned the ACC conference, the first year coming up that we're going to have an ACC gymnastics conference, which I'm so excited about. What does that do for you guys? Even just like, as far as how like you're seen at your school, like I listened to a a podcast that you and a couple of your teammates did, and you guys were talking about how, like, no one knows like what Eagle is other than gymnastics fans. Like what is, what's the Eagle championships? You know what I mean? But like yeah. to be able to say that like, we're competing at the ACC championships this weekend or we won the ACC championships. Like what does that do for you guys to like, I guess like be, I feel like finally be able to represent your conference on like mm-hmm. the competitive stage. Cause at the ACC conference is a big conference. It's one of the power five. Is it power five conferences? Is how, what they I think so. Info, it's a football yeah. <laughs> Power five conference, I think it is, but the ACC is like a big conference in football. So I don't know for you guys to be a part of that now with gymnastics, finally, what does that mean to you guys? It means like so ridiculously much because I I think especially comparing like Eagle to ACC, like ACC is a power five conference and Eagle is kind of one that it was sort of like you take a whole bunch of collective groups of teams who don't really fit into a conference. Mm -hmm. And so I think that being able to represent like a power five school, like entirely has just given us like this sense of confidence and this sense of like fire under our butt to be able to, you know, represent NC state. Well, like we want that ACC championship. We want to be able to celebrate it. Like all the other teams, like women's basketball have a lot of uh, championships under their belt and like, our wrestling team and our cross country and like I can keep going on but like we want to celebrate it in its entirety just like all the other sports and I think it will also be able to help us kind of be seen a little more like I I hope that it will get us more coverage I hope that it will get us to more competitive meets and to more like SEC like locations like, I think that would be really fun. And I hope yeah. that people can. It feels like a bigger deal to have like the yeah. ACC conference. Like we're an ACC school. We have our own conference. Like it feels like, I don't want to say, because I don't want to like invalidate the Eagle conference, <laughs> but like it just feels more legitimate. You know what I mean? Like it feels like. No, I totally get that. <laughs> I totally get that because it, it just doesn't like hit the same. Right. If you were like, oh, like we won ACC championship versus we won the Eagle championship. Because while it's still a big deal, like for people, like you said, outside of gymnastics, they don't really know who it is or what it is. And so we'll be like, oh, we won the Eagle championships. And they're like, what's Eagle? I've never heard of it. And I was like, I have to go through like this whole like story of why it is the way it is. And like basically our conference championship. (laughs) Like there hasn't been enough like schools to actually have an ACC. (laughs) Like we joined these teams who are like more up north and just, it makes no sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so, so excited for you guys. And we're going to be rooting for you to to bring oh, them to thank you so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to do that for like the first time ever, like that would be so, so epic. Like iconic <laughs> beyond words. <laughs> iconic. Yeah. No, it'd be the same type of like iconic and like the moment as that regionals we yep. were talking mm-hmm. about. Like that would be like the same exact feeling. We're manifesting it for you guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm going to put it into the existence right now. <laughs> yes. We're going to start manifesting it. Yes. We're going we're gonna to make it come to reality. 
<laughs> okay, so to finish up, we have some like fun random questions just for yeah. people to, get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is if you had to take an event from the men's side of the sport and put it into women's gymnastics, what event would you pick? And you can't pick four of all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me think about this. I'm not <laughs> I'm not strong on the arm events. So, right. so I know I was thinking they're all over that. I know that's what I was thinking. Like once you talked about how like you're not good on bars, and I I thought I had to this question. I'm like, what is she gonna say? Because they're all kind of like arm events. I I've always liked watching rings. Rings are really really fun to watch, and I think mm -hmm. if I had to try one out, that's probably the one I would try and not be like the most scared on. Yeah, um, that'd be the least scary one. So I'd be like, let's do that. Yeah, I feel like I would pick high bar, but that. I feel like I just want to fly. <laughs> so that's I'm so so sick. And I like always think back to myself. I'm like, well, I wonder if the women's bar, if it was that skinny, maybe I'd be able to hang on a little more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Next one. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Okay. Do you guys do you guys accept a restaurant answer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Chick fil A, hands down. I love you. <laughs> hands down. Like everyone who knows me or knows of me knows that is my favorite thing in the entire world. No joke. You're so real for that. Like that's the <laughs> best restaurant that's ever existed. So we live in yeah. Michigan and they're like really not common up here. So whenever we yeah. go down, like down South, that's like all we eat. It's like yeah. DoorDash, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. What do you want for dinner? Chick-fil-A. Exactly. No, it's so bad. Cause I live uh next to one that is about 12 minutes walking distance and oh. I'm like that's dangerous that I was just so gonna dangerous. say that is dangerous <laughs> that is so dangerous and every single time people are like oh what do you want for your birthday what for Christmas I was like Chick-fil-a what do you like, get from Chick-fil-a I get the nuggets I get fries and then I'll get like a Sprite okay our order sounds the same except I hate Pepsi Sprite I hate pop but chocolate <laughs> milkshake yes Ooh, yeah no, it, <laughs> so good. it's so good okay um biggest pet peeve I have this one actually picked out <laughs> I didn't think I'd be able to come to it this quickly but I know it's when people say my name or spell my name wrong it is such like a pet peeve of mine that how do I didn't people really say it so I have heard I've heard Chloe I've heard Chloe which you think it would happen more to my last name, but as I've gotten to college, it's happened more to my first name. That's really? weird because Chloe's a yeah. calm. It, well, it's not because it's not super yeah. calm, but like I don't know, Chloe's like yeah. Chloe's Chloe. <laughs> yeah, and then my last name, I've the way to say it is Negretti, but I have people say Negret, Negret, Negreedy, and yeah. I was like, okay, like that's fine, that makes sense. But I was like, Chloe, the and Chloe then is not excusable. Yeah. yeah, and then the fact that like people spell it wrong too, they'll. Like, I get it if you put a K, like, instead of a C. I get if you, like, don't use the H because it's silent. But the most common one I get is C-H-O-L-E. <laughs> and I have never understood that. I've had professors sign off their emails to me typing <laughs> that. Like, it's so common now. That is so bizarre to me. Like you said, I feel like your last yeah. name, I could maybe see. Although, like, I feel like we always knew, like, even before you, like, before there was, like, commentary, like, during college and stuff. Yeah. Like, although sometimes commentators say names wrong, too, so you can't always rely on that. But, like, yeah. I feel like I just knew how to say your name. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> no, I have so many people spell and say my first name specifically wrong, and it just, it mind boggles me. When you said that, I thought that like we were saying it wrong. Like I thought you were gonna say your name wasn't Chloe Negretti; it was something else. I was about to be so embarrassed. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. It happens all the time. I've gotten used to it. But every single time that someone spells my first name wrong or like says it wrong, it just always I'm always like, huh? Like I don't know where you got that. <laughs> and it's always the worst when it's in an email because people do that to me too. Like I'm mm -hmm. Ashley with L E E, not L E Y, mm -hmm. but. Like people will respond to my emails and they'll spell it A-S-H-L-E-Y, even though it's spelled correctly in my yeah. email. And I'm like, how did you know? Just I'll sign off my emails and I'm like, thank you, like Chloe. And they'll talk like, hey, Chloe, but like O-L-E. And I'm like, it's like, no. That, that's not it. Nope. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite team that you've competed against? Ooh, it was, it was this past season. It was 
Auburn. I love that. It was such a different atmosphere than what we were normally used to. Like the vibes were awesome, electric. It was loud in there. I love that there was like this massive student section that just like was, it was huge. Like I loved it. And they like all the lights and like all the uh, fans, like it was crazy to see the amount of support. And I think that's what we kind of want our program to be in the future. But that was the most electric meet I think I've ever been to. Yeah, that's like a hit or miss. I feel like some athletes love competing at Auburn and some hate it because of how the environment is. I don't know if it's like hostile or whatever, but well, the fans, they're more, it honestly reminds me more of like a football game or something than a gymnastics meet. The fans are passionate and wild. and No, I know. And I'd watch them on TV and I'd see other teams compete against Auburn. They have those people along the floor who kind of like, I guess like mock their routines. Yeah, like dance the off their Yeah, and I'm like, I think for some people it might be like annoying, but for me, I'm like, oh, I, I like this. I like this. Go ahead. That's not messing me up. <laughs> so it's not distracting at all to have them like no. in your face doing your routine. No, with you. you are so like in the moment. And for me, I'm so locked in. And you can unfortunately tell that, that like it's <laughs> not going to phase me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Okay, last one is, so if I say, think of a happy memory, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like just any happy memory. Yep. Yeah, it could be like either gymnastics related or in life. Well, the first one I think of, and I think it's just probably because it's the most fresh in my brain, is that senior meet that we did last uh, last season. Like, I mean, it meant so much, not only for me, but for the team, because we were able to accomplish some amazing team goals. We were able to do like the second highest scoring program history. I think the second highest floor scoring program history. I remember so many people got season highs. I remember I got season highs and it was, it was kind of almost like a big, like it's one of those moments in gymnastics in your career that you're just never going to forget. And it was almost like if I were to just stick to those four years, that was like the peak of my, that would have been the peak of my career because I ended up getting 110 from one of the judges. And that was just, it was, oh my gosh, I can't believe it happened, honestly. Yeah. Well, it's both deserved. Your floor is amazing. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. I I look back on that moment and like I'll watch videos and I'll see pictures and I'm like, man, to to feel that again, to be in that environment again with all those people in that moment, like if I were to pick a like a gymnastics memory to relive again, like that would be the one. We want to say thank you so much again to Chloe for coming to chat with us on our show. We were so glad to have you on. We had so much fun talking to you and we can't wait to see what you and your team do next season. We are manifesting ACC conference champions this year. So (laughs) we are, we think that you guys are going to absolutely kill it. Best of luck to you and your team. I'm ready for NCAA season already. I I am too. I know we're kind of just now getting into the thick of elite gymnastics, but I'm an NCAA girly. I gotta say that's where I like absolutely thrive. So I have one of those, um, like, hourglass things with the, like, salty, sugary-looking stuff in it that you tilt over to, like... I thought you were serious. I, I am serious. No, I'm <laughs> I have one of those that is set for how many days, like, how much time there is until NCAA's Okay, season. so how many and... days are there? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, it changes, so I can't just say that for the audience. You know, you did to ask me, like, oh, on the day. right. Of course. Right. Well, we don't need to talk about it right now. <laughs> Wouldn't, Anyways, that, wouldn't that be kind of sick though that is kind of a good but idea. but then you'd have to have one for every single day because it would change every day but i mean the theory is there you know what i mean like it's it's it sounds cool <laughs> okay you're taking this too far we love NCAA gymnastics <laughs> chloe we love you and your team and we can't wait to cheer you guys on <laughs> best of luck the elfin gym pod is rooting you on okay so question of the week is i'm a newer gym fan i never did gymnastics growing up so i know nothing is there a gymnastics for dummies, especially for skills and such? Where do I start? Who do I need to stay on? Well, who you need to stay on? I mean, we can give you a crash course on that. <laughs> I mean, you picked a really good time to become a gymnastics fan. There's so much good quality, exciting gymnastics happening on the elite side, but also in college gymnastics. So I would say college gymnastics is a little bit easier to understand and follow, and it's a lot more fun, at least in my opinion, but you see a lot of the bigger skills in elite, um, a lot more like high stakes world and Olympic type competitions that also can be really fun. So if you like things that are super competitive, NCAA is definitely your thing because 
the, first of all, gymnastics every single weekend, but also the competitiveness between the teams and the gymnasts themselves. Like, it's just... Even the fan bases, honestly. I really like where we're kind of going as a community, where I feel like, you know, people kind of have their teams, and we get competitive with each other, too, and I feel like that just adds to the fun. And anything can happen. Like, a lower-ranked team could upset the number one team, or... You know, someone that you wouldn't expect could be one of the top gymnasts in the all-around. And it's just fun that way. So that's personally what I love most about college gymnastics. But elite is fun as well with, you know, people like Simone Biles and having SUNY, Simone, and Gabby all making a run for Paris 2024 is just something I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought would happen. But that alone is the makes it the perfect time to become a gymnastics fan because you get to see stuff like that. So as far as, like like a gymnastics for dummies really honestly if someone was looking to make some coin they could make a gymnastics for dummies book that would be kind of cool but it would be changing so much that it would have to be like a digital book i think right but there's there's lots of websites and things gymnastics is always evolving but i think for somebody who's just starting out and is looking for one or two places they can go to get a lot of that information for elite i would say on youtube flip fly tumble they do a lot of explanation for the code of points breakdown of what deductions are and you can actually see in a routine they'll take a routine from somebody at you know the world championships or the olympics and they'll break down what exactly the deductions are in the current code and it kind of helps you to understand start values as well but it also helps with skill recognition like Mm -hmm. seeing okay that's what a takachev looks like or versus a ray or a hindorf right so that's really helpful um and that's for elite gymnastics college gymnastics i think once you know those skills from watching a video like that it's a lot easier to recognize on NCAA side because it's not NCAA doesn't have as much difficulty. It's a lot more of like the basic and, um, quote unquote root skill. And also a lot of the same skill over and over again. Like you don't see that much variety in skills. So it's once you get used to it, you kind of know what to expect in NCAA, if that makes sense. So I would say that for YouTube um, is a really, really big resource for learning skills, learning the code of points, learning what deductions are. Flip fly tumble you on YouTube. S- you said that for YouTube. You mean that for Elite? Did I say that for YouTube? Yeah. I meant that for that YouTube channel for Elite. There you go. <laughs> is what I'm saying. And then I think for for everything, balance beam situation. Yeah, live blogs, previews, recaps, records, especially for NCAA gymnastics. Pretty much all of the records. You know, the tenno records, um, individual records. You can go to balance beam situation, and they have a tab specifically for that. So. That's really helpful. Spencer also always does before every college gymnastics season, kind of like a breakdown of like who's leaving each team, who's coming in, what he thinks, which he's pretty smart when it comes to gymnastics. So I totally trust what he says. But he, who, he does usually end up being pretty accurate. Yeah, who he thinks is like going to make the lineups and, you know, kind of like the projection for each team going into the season. So he does things like that. He Because balance team situation covers elite and college gymnastics. Also, the gym tonight, I would recommend them as well. That's run by Lauren Hopkins. She has results, live blogs, uh, a calendar of elite meets, including a lot of international coverage, which is something that other gymnastics sites do, but I feel like not to the depth in which uh, Lauren from the gym tonight does it. Oh, yeah. Like, literally every single elite level gymnastics meet, regardless of what continent, (laughs) it is on her site. Like, she puts the results from, like the Finnish national championships or you know what I mean and you can count on it being there like she's so good at updating her site I Um, cannot tell you how many times as a gymnastics journalist I've utilized her website in my work because she just has everything that I need on there she keeps track of all the numbers and she updates it so frequently like if you're looking for who has the highest score on floor of the squad the gym internet will have that for you yep and start, like Ashley who has just the said, high, who has the highest start values on each event? She yes. has that, and she updates it like Ashley just said, which is super super helpful. So, I would also recommend that. And then if you're looking into getting into men's gymnastics, we mentioned this last week on the show, but Kensley has a new site called Neutral Deductions, which is coverage exclusively for men's gymnastics. So, which is hard to find these days. Like, nobody else is doing that. (laughs) Not a single person is covering just men's gymnastics exclusively. And she's been really helpful for us in learning the men's side of the sport because it's not something that Ashley and I have really covered before. I mean, we watch, of course, but we're not involved in men's gymnastics in the same capacity that we are women's gymnastics. So 
she's been really helpful to us in trying to, you know, understand everything as far as skills and some of the storylines and who to watch, things like that. So also would recommend Neutral Deductions that is run by Kensley. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We want to say thank you again to Chloe. And we also want to say thank you to our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big, big thank you to ML, KDC, MSU, Kimberly G, Randy B, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, Paul M, Krista, Jasmine C, and Lee B. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. You guys make the show what it is, and we love you so, so much. If you enjoy this podcast and you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, we have a link in the show notes down below to how you can join and view the perks at each tier level. Next week, we will most likely have another interview for you guys. So if you're a gold or silver level Patreon, you can see who it is and ask questions using the app. So make sure you go check that out before Friday because that's when we're going to be doing the interview. So go see who it is, get your questions in, and we hope you all have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.